right. I think we're good to move on to the next story. How, how do you feel about that, folks? Yes, I say. Let's do it. Let's, uh, let's ship on out to the next story. Boom. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. We're going to have to call you the pun king or... I don't know. Oh, my gosh. There's got to be a way to integrate the word pun into your name so that it is also <laughs> a pun, and then it would be meta pun. Ooh. So we'll find it. Yeah, we will. Uh, I'm, I'm down with this. I'm down with this, especially for yes. the, the, the punny segue into the next story. It, it was golden. I really got to <laughs> give it to you. Thank you. We are setting sail mm. onto our next story yes and not as good as yours that mine was definitely forced <laughs> so the cruise industry is not adapting well to covid19 um it definitely has outlook on their future a little shaky and uh, the reason i wanted to bring up this story is because i think we're seeing a lot of industries be hit differently and we're seeing leadership act differently uh, among different industries and even just, you know, when you look at individual companies with how they're trying to support their workers, how they're trying to support their industry. And I think the cruise industry in general got hit uniquely hard, but I don't think leadership is, um, you know, at least from the general stories I've read, I don't want to generalize entirely, but there are many examples of the cruise industry not adapting well to COVID-19. And I wonder, will this create any shifts in public perception around going on cruises? Uh, might folks, you know, you know, I don't know, kind of boycott not wanting to go on cruises because of some of the worst conditions that have been going on right now? And just naturally, will the industry have a leg to stand on coming out of this financially. So here's the breakdown, and then I'll let y'all give your thoughts as well. Uh, across our oceans right now, more than 100,000 crew workers are stuck on cruise ships, and there are little to no plans on how to get home. Um, this is from a, uh, a story by, let's see, I believe it's msn.com. Um, quote, at least 17 cruise ship workers are confirmed to have died from suspected COVID-19 and dozens more have had to be medically evacuated off ship, eh, ships and hospitalized. That was reported by The Guardian, though. This is all based on a, uh, a deeper report by The Guardian. So I encourage you all to check out that report. Um, but the conditions on the boats to protect crew members are similar to ours. You know, social distancing, stay in your home. But because of quite literally being stuck on a cruise ship, that means it's a more compact stay-at-home order, and that means that crew is told to remain in their cabins basically indefinitely after identifying positive COVID cases. So, you know, you can imagine it's already kind of tough staying in your apartment or your home if you do have that luxury to work from home. For crew members on a ship, uh, you know, stuck in their small cabin is like being stuck in a small dorm room, and you really can't go anywhere. Uh, so, I think psychologically that, that must be incredibly difficult. Um, here's a statement from one cruise line. This is from MSC Cruises. I'll quote this in, in its entirety. Quote, MSC Cruises has taken the difficult decision to temporarily suspend its cruise ship operations. At this health crisis, as this health crisis has caused all our ships globally to stop operating, we have temporarily agreed to relieve the majority of our crew from their duties and are working to identify and pay for flight tickets for each and every one to safely return home for the duration of the temporary suspension of ship's operations. We are offering all those who remain on board full board and lodging free of charge, assigning each of them a guest cabin for individual use. We've upgraded our menus and are providing complimentary internet. 
end quote. So it sounds like they are you know, going through uh, the efforts to support the crews that are stuck on, um, on these ships. However, the fact that they're saying that they will identify and pay for flight tickets for each and every one of them to safely return home for the duration of the temporary suspension of ships' operations, many countries have their own uh, standards for which flights are available, who are we even going to give flights to, uh, India, for example, I believe they blocked all flights into the country, including for citizens. So Indian citizens cannot uh, repatriate themselves or cannot be repatriated. Um, so, you know, even though a cruise line might say that they want to support this or that, yep, we'll pay for any flight ticket for anyone to return home um, and avoid being stuck here. It's like, well, actually, uh, that's probably not possible. So I just I find it interesting that that's even in the statement. Honestly, I think it should just be a, a closer collaboration with um, uh, individual governments to find out what is the best and safest way to get these folks off these cruises. Because right now, they're becoming hubs for the spread of the pandemic. And because these crews are in open water, there isn't clear access to rights granted by their home countries anyways. So even you know, filing some kind of complaint or trying to uh, support yourself as a worker or support each other as a, a unified core of workers is very difficult because there isn't really a legal structure to support them. Um, and flight restrictions and port closures mean that logistically there just aren't many options for workers to return home. Um, this was the part that really stood out to me as uh, potentially what could hurt the industry the most. Uh, this is from a Miami Herald story. I'll also quote this entirely. Quote, Cruise companies are allowed to disembark and repatriate people still trapped on ships around the United States by private transportation as long as their executives sign an agreement with the U.S. CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, that holds the companies accountable for the process. So basically, okay, we are going to, um, we're going to allow all of y'all to enter. However... Uh, it has to be private transportation, and uh, companies you are going to have to, you know, pitch in. You're going to have to pay for it. The companies are now refusing to do so. In conversations with the CDC, cruise company officials have complained that arranging private transportation for disembarking crew is too expensive, according to ex according to a spokesperson for the agency. End quote. So, uh, I think this is twofold. One, you're seeing um, companies which uh, it, at least the largest cruise lines um, are not strapped for cash and are saying, no, it's too expensive to get our crew back on land. Probably not the best PR look and probably not the best, um, you know, I guess reaffirmation of the value of the crew to say, nope, you're too expensive to ship back on land and and keep you from getting COVID-19, right? So not the best look. Right. Uh, I also think... The fact that the government is saying you have to pay for this yourself and we are not going to assist in any way, I also think um, is probably not the best look. Um, it's not like we as a, a nation lack the resources to pay for transportation to get uh, abandoned crew workers uh, back to their home country. Um, so it, it just seems like... Everyone is trying to avoid responsibility for these workers trapped on cruise ships. And naturally, it doesn't look great on 
any cruise line that is um, weary of paying for, you know, protecting their workers, um, even if the national government or the, excuse me, the federal government uh, is also not really pitching in to assist. So it's just it, it's a big PR mess. What are y'all's thoughts? So here, here's the conflict in my mind, right, is that cruise cruise ships and cruise ship companies, I, I guess, for lack of a better term for them, uh, often fly under flags that, or sail under flags that um, uh, that represent other nations, right? Like, they, they most of the time have, like, a, they, like, fly the flag of, uh, like, the Bahamas or other nations where tax laws are a little bit more lenient and they get away without having to pay a ton in taxes because they're technically... Uh, operating under the auspices of a foreign country, not the United States, right? So they don't pay uh, a bunch in taxes to the U.S. And so there's been a lot of talk about, hey, cruise ships shouldn't receive any money from the federal government and, um, you know, they shouldn't be bailed out because of these reasons. And I 100% understand that argument and also uh, have a lot of sympathy for that argument. On the other hand, we also know that it's rarely the executives that make these decisions and choose to, you know, operate uh, out of foreign countries that will be uh, that are punished for a lot of these things. Most of the time, it all slides downhill towards the smallest people in a in a company, whether it's you know the part time worker making minimum wage, or in this case, the cruise ship workers who, because the uh, you know because of that argument of not wanting to bail out a comp- you know a company that. Um, is not paying taxes in the United States, then it's the the people that are the smallest people on the totem pole, the lowest people on the totem pole are the ones that are going to end up getting the shaft out of all of this. And in this case, it is the cruise ship workers who are caught in this terrible circumstance where, like if you've ever been on a cruise ship, um, I, that story kind of goes into detail about, you know, people, multiple people living in a small cabin and that sort of thing. Okay, that's definitely not social distancing. They're all eating, you know, in the same kind of crowded cafeteria area. Like there's just no way to get away from other people in this type of situation. And so they're kind of just sitting there waiting, hoping they don't get sick and waiting for some kind of solution. And that is just a freaking mess. So I'm caught between those two arguments, right? Like the cruise ship industry shouldn't be bailed out. They don't pay taxes in the United States. On the other hand, it's not the people that made that decision that are going to end up being ultimately hurt by this. It's the smallest people. And so then I feel bad for those workers because they're not being taken care of. Yeah. Um, And I think that, you know, that, that goes to a larger conversation that, you know, we've been having in almost every industry, which is, you know, are the, uh, is the well-being of a company itself as the as an entity and especially as its uh, mechanism of creating profits is that going to outweigh the responsibilities that they have to their employees and into the um, you know health of the public and uh, and and without getting into that discussion because <laughs> I don't think we, we necessarily want to have that here is that you know we, we're, we're starting to ask ourselves well, um, do we prioritize, you know, a company because of, you know, where they're paying taxes or, you know, what, what they're contributing to society or do we prioritize the citizen of the United States, you know, is, is being a United States citizen, um, does that give you any leverage 
for your well-being if you are in a national crisis and you need your country to respond um, to you. And to me, it just sounds like, well, we need to have this conversation about your corporate structure and about how you know your company's paying taxes before you know we can talk about the well-being of a um, United States citizen. And I think that that to me is is one of the most frustrating aspects of it, just because we're we're, we're having the wrong discussion here. You know, it's, it's, yes, I, I, I agree. We're, we're not supposed to expect the, um, you know, federal government to bail out a, a company who isn't, you know, necessarily operating here, but we're not asking them to bail out a company. We're asking them to, you know, bring citizens home safe and sound. You know, this is no different than, uh, um, you know, any instance where, you know, a situation like that might happen outside of a, a global pandemic, you know, we wouldn't say, well, let's go ahead and check with the IRS and make sure everyone on that ship paid their taxes before we bring them back, you know. So um, <laughs> I, I, right. I, I think it's, it's it's a strange conversation to have. I think it's odd that, you know, we're, we're kind of up in the air about it. Um, and I think it just really goes to show, you know, like when the chips are down, uh, who you can expect to have in your corner and, you know, how, you know, we, we can expect that if there's going to be a national crisis that we need to have responded on in a large scale down the road. Um, yeah, the places that are going to be really left in the air and, you know, the, the, the positions that we know aren't going to be protected by um, the federal government or at least the citizens in those positions that won't be protected. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries.